I was in Santa Monica playing basketball, getting ready to pull up to play basketball, actually. And one of my boys hit the group chat and was like, Adam Sandler is up here playing basketball. And I'm thinking he capping. I- I'm thinking like maybe it's like an Adam Sandler yeah. lookalike or yeah. I was just, we was already pulling up late. So I'm thinking like, maybe this is like him trying to like get us to hurry up or something. Yeah. So anyway, we we pull up and legit Adam Sandler is like already in the game, <laughs> running a full court, running a full court game with like a, a group of guys. And so my team is up next because we like the only ones waiting. And uh, I guess Adam Sandler's team ended up winning, so we had to play them next, right? Yeah. And so he he walks up to us, he like y'all got y'all five, and like his Adam Sandler voice, like yeah. hella funny, hella funny guy. And yeah. um, we we had our five, and we go out on the court, and everybody's like, all right, pick pick up your man, everybody pick up a man. And the last two people that hasn't picked up anybody is me and Adam. So I'm I'm just That's like crazy. looking at him and I'm like, <laughs> I guess I, guess I, I got guard. Adam. I guess I got to guard him. So I'm literally guarding uh, Adam yeah. Sandler the whole game. What is good? What is good? We're back with another episode. How y'all feeling, fellas? I feel great, man. How are you feeling, man? Uh, I'm gonna keep it a stack, man. You see this? You, you see this? Uh, the sun coming through, man. So I'm shining today. Today's been a good day, man. What about oh, you? Oh yeah, Drake? that's right. That's right. You're in the Midwest. I'm yeah. feeling good, bro. I just I just got back this morning from L.A. Like I had a uh, what you call it a red eye flight, a six oh, six thirty a.m. flight out of L.A. back to Houston. Um, I was in L.A. the past week. It was it was incredible. So yeah, yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling good today as well. You 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 had some experiences, man, that we're gonna have to yeah. definitely get into. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. You just talk about I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't even ex- I wasn't even expecting an experience. So originally I went out there just for work, uh, but of course I have a lot of friends out there, so you know it's always gonna be a little play too. Yeah. And so, uh, so Saturday we we went to play. I was in Santa Monica playing basketball, getting ready to pull up to play basketball actually. And one of my boys hit the group chat and was like, "Adam Sandler is up here playing basketball." And I'm thinking he capping. I- I'm thinking like maybe it's like an Adam Sandler yeah. lookalike or yeah. I was just we was already pulling up late, so I'm thinking like maybe this is like him trying to like get us to hurry up or something. Yeah. So anyway, we we pull up and legit Adam Sandler is like already in the game, <laughs> running a full court, running a full court game with like a, a group of guys, and so my team is up next because we like the only ones waiting, and uh, I guess Adam Sandler's team ended up winning, so we had to play them next, right? Yeah. And so we he walks up to us, he like y'all got y'all five, and like his Adam Sandler voice, like yeah. hella funny, hella funny guy, and yeah. um, we we had our five, and we go out on the court, and everybody's like, all right, pick pick up your man, everybody pick up a man. And the last two people that hasn't picked up anybody is me and Adam. So I'm I'm just That's like crazy. looking at him and I'm like, <laughs> I guess I, guess I, I got to guard, guard him. I guess I gotta guard him. So I'm literally guarding uh Adam yeah. Sandler the whole game. Uh and first of all, he definitely can ball. Um yeah. and honestly for him is to be quick? his age, like bro, for him to be his age, he was running up and down the court like with us with no okay. problem, like no with, problem with, with zero yeah. with zero hesitation. Um okay. so I had a lot of respect for him. I had a lot of fun. He he's a funny <laughs> guy, man. Like he was just cracking he was, he was cracking a lot of jokes, but he wasn't doing it to like be funny. He was just naturally just a funny guy. Yeah. Um, but I, but what I really respected, bro, is he was just like one of us, like not mm-hmm. you know, didn't come off any 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 type of way, but just good energy and having a good time. So. No, nah, it, it sounded like he, he he felt like he could just be himself. The fact that you just pull up to a regular park in Santa Monica right. and like, yeah. I'm just about to ball on these niggas real quick. Like, yeah. that's dope. Right. 
and, and he had a and then he had a uh he pulled up in a Cadillac too, like a, yeah. a Cadillac <laughs> with silver. I respected that being from Detroit, you know, that's a that's a Detroit yes. made car. So I I respected him rocking the American brand. So yes. yeah, hopefully if hopefully I'll see him again if I'm out in the streets of Santa Monica balling. Nah, hundred percent. Nah, so Cadillac too. <laughs> nah, so so Y'all know this is our 20th episode, man. Uh, this is a huge milestone. I think uh, Rodney posted this back in the group chat a while back, a while ago around like, what was it? It was like 95% of a podcast or something. Don't make it to yeah. like 15 episodes. So yeah, yeah, this, yeah, they got 90% of podcasts don't make it to their 20th episode. And then we are in our 20th episode. So I guess now we're in that 10%. Uh, but as we know, you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, those extra, those when you start climbing that ladder, that 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 five percent, that one percent is another battle, and we're gonna keep we're gonna keep going. So I'm excited for that. Nah, hundred yeah. percent. Well, I, I guess the question I would have for y'all is, what is something y'all just learned uh, or appreciated uh, while we've recorded these first twenty episodes? I would say, um, I've, I mean, one, I've learned just a ton of different topics. I mean, um, we're showing up every week talking about things that we see, you know, all around the world. I mean, you know, from just world news to, um, you know, like uh, tech news and also just business fundamentals. And we brought on guests. I mean, uh, and I would say that uh, I appreciate the, the conversations and we could, you know, we have smooth conversations and, uh, uh, we have different viewpoints to share and uh we're also able to see other viewpoints as well it's not like anybody is like you know uh closed-minded and uh, we knew that going in but you know it's just something that uh, i definitely appreciate about you know our podcast and uh everybody here what about you dre yeah similar similar to rodney i mean first and foremost it's just good to see y'all every week and just talk to y'all i mean it's that's just always a good time like i feel like if we weren't doing the podcast we would still be having some of these same conversations yeah it would just 100%. be a group chat or like facetime like we would still be talking about some of these subjects so yeah um you know i just feel like this is a good way for us to kind of just share our ideas with the rest of the world and kind of give people an insight into how we think and, and what our own perspectives are um which i think is really healthy um but kind of similar to what rodney said i've been enjoying just learning like i I've been finding myself like just in preparation for like the podcast, like just doing more yeah. research, just reading about more things. And I was already like a, a pretty avid reader, but diving into more interesting areas uh, of topics mm -hmm. that maybe I wouldn't have necessarily looked into before. So yeah. I'm like, man, at this point, I need like a personal like analyst or somebody like to just like <laughs> find topics for me. I got, like, yeah, I can way see too that. much time on it. Yeah, we're definitely, it definitely starts to feel like we have an analyst job. <laughs> it, it's like, it's Bro. like, a, yeah, like predicting and seeing what's going on while also being operators, you know. Uh, but Brian, how, what do you think about that question? Nah, I think um, I have similar sentiments to what y'all said, so I'm not going to regurgitate that. But on the flip side of learning, I think there's teaching. And what I've been surprised by, um, but also gain more confidence as we record each and every one of these uh, episodes, but also like my gratitude grows as well, is like the consistent feedback that we get from people that are, you know, either, you know, taking away something new from each episode, uh, exploring uh, a rabbit hole they didn't even know exist, or just having a whole new perspective that could potentially help them solve a problem. I know we've each, you know, gotten that feedback from different friends and, just random folks that probably reached out to yeah, us yeah. sharing that. Uh, yeah. So that's just been a dope experience because I mean, when we started this, 
that was really our mission. And so hopefully, you know, that's helping increase the odds and ultimately helping those founders or whoever's listening beat the odds. Uh, that's kind of, you know, something that I've taken away from it. Yeah, for sure. Beat the odds 100%. So long further ado, man, let's get into the conversation. Um, I know, Rodney, you dropped something off interesting mm -hmm. in the group chat. Let We'll get yeah. to that later. But I know, yes. Dre, you've been, you've been having some topics that you've been wanting to dive deeper into um yeah. that i think we definitely need to explore i think the first one was like chess.com you said yeah yeah so let me just set the backstory so the re the reason why i was started diving into chess.com is because about maybe three or four months ago uh, a friend of mine he actually lives here in houston he's originally from detroit i met him about a year or so ago and we just been linking up to play basketball and through playing basketball and just hanging out he was like hey you want to play chess and at first I was pretty intimidated because I played chess a while ago, like when I was younger, but I hadn't played in a very long time. And so like, I was so like, I was so insecure about my game. Like I was like Googling, like, well, how, how does all the pieces move again? Like it was, yeah. I just felt, I felt super insecure, but I was like, you know, what, let me just dive into it anyway. And so him and I have been playing chess like twice a month for the past two months, at least. Um, we've been playing pretty consistently. And so, um, you know, I went from, literally being insecure to like being incredibly confident just by playing with him. And so I'm like, okay, let me like learn more about chess. Now I'm learning more about strategies and learning more about like, okay, how do you open a game? How do you close out a game? What's a mid game? Like just learning different tactics now that before I'd never even dove into. And so that, that got me more into it. But before I dive into like what I've, I've discovered about chess.com, have either of y'all played chess recently or when's the last time y'all played a game of chess? Man, I haven't played chess for like, like, like you said, for a very long time. And even when I uh, did pick it up, I was never like fully clear on what all the pieces were. So I understand what you mean about like, if, if you were to ask me to play a chess game, I would have done the same thing. I would be right online trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, but yeah, it's been a while. Not a hundred percent. I I don't think I've played it since high school, to be honest. Yeah. Should I show yeah. it at me? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that was that was suited to me too. Like they have been like middle school for me. Like I didn't understand how to pieces move. I'm like, what's this yeah. do again? Yeah. Um, but anyway, man, I started diving more into chess chess.com and it was incredibly fascinating. So first, first of all, I didn't even understand that chess had been around for as long as it has. Chess has been around for about fifteen hundred years, or yeah. even before then. They're they they do not even know like when it really originated, but it's one of the oldest uh, board games that is still in, in existence. Um, but it wasn't until like 2005, 2006-ish where chess like would change in such a major way. And for the first time, it really came online. So think about this. Like chess has been around for 1,500 years. Mm -hmm. And historically, it's been an offline game where people literally have to pull up to a board, face each other face to face, and literally play the game. This is the way it's been for hundreds of years. And so around the 2005, um, 2005 2006, um, chess went online for the first time. And that was revolutionary, and that was you know re you know a revolutionary for the game. Um, but going back to like the 19th century, like when chess was first like created, or sorry, when chess like first became like the modern chess that it is today, um, there were a, a lot of like influencers that really like propelled chess to where it is today. And there was one particular guy, uh, an American guy named Bobby Fischer. Uh, I don't have you ever heard of Bobby Fischer? No, I'm not familiar. Okay, y'all gotta look this guy up. This guy was a savage. He was an American chess player who back in the 70s beat a Soviet grandmaster. 
in a chess game. And this was during the time when it was like the Cold War between the US and the Soviet Union. And so this is like a big deal. Mind you, chess was an offline game. And so like millions of people tuned in to watch this chess yeah. match live. So it was like a it was like a basketball match or like a like a Super Bowl essentially yeah. of chess. Um, and that ended up just making chess incredibly popular. And so that fast forwards to today into how chess became incredibly popular in America. Prior to that time, chess wasn't really as popular in America as it was in like the Soviet Union or as it was in China or in some other Asian, other Asian countries or just other parts of the world. And so Bobby Fischer really propelled chess into the modern game that it really is today, at least, at least in America. Um, and so fast forward, this guy ended up buying chess.com from bankruptcy. By the way, chess.com wasn't, a, wasn't a, a place where you can go and play chess at the time. It was just a place where you can go and buy like chess boards and chess pieces and like hmm. just different items and accessories for chess. And so this guy buys the site. And mind you, this guy, his name is Eric Elbes. Uh, and prior to actually purchasing chess.com, he owned another chess business called Wholesale Chess. And he sold wholesale chess products. And he was making millions of dollars doing that. He ended up getting revenue up to like $2 million a year selling like wholesale chess products to um, chess companies. So anyway, he buys chess.com. Uh, I think he bought it for like $55,000. And I'm, keep that, keep that total in your mind right now. Because uh -huh, it's, getting uh -huh. ready, it's getting ready to Surprising. go crazy. Yeah, yeah. He bought it for $55,000 chess.com. And he ended up teaming up with his friend uh, who he had previously worked in on, on a business with uh, in the chess industry. And so these guys came together and decided to bring the bring chess online using chess.com domain. So they bought the domain and completely rehauled the business. Again, when they first purchased it, it wasn't the ability to play online. It was simply like selling chess products. So they completely mm. overhauled it and, and leveraged the fact that it was chess.com, that name and its SEO rankings to go crazy. Mm. And so um, in 2010, mind you, this was in 2000, what? I think it was in 2006, he purchased it. In 2010, they hit a million users, a, mil a million members on, on chess.com. In 2014, they hit uh, 10 million. In 2017, they hit 20 million. In 2022, they hit 100 million. Wow. Mm. Wow. They hit, they, they, they hit more users. In, in 2022, they hit more members in the, in the previous 18 months, starting in 2022, than the first 13 years of the entire business. That's that compound effect. That's that Inc compound effect. Incredible. So there were a couple like drivers that was of course my curiosity is like what the hell drove this growth, right? Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course like the pandemic drove some of it I suspect it, right? But it was like no, nah, it had to be a little bit more than that, right? Like what was the actual strategy that they were using to really fuel it? So I started looking more into it and one thing that really popped up was Twitch. So live streaming of matches really started to take off in 2017. Oh. So well before they started to see this explosive growth. Um and they end up striking a, a exclusive partnership with Twitch back in that time. And um, that's when it really started to explode. And in, 20, in 2016, Chess didn't break. I mean, Chess ended up breaking. Um, I'm sorry. In, in 2016, Chess on Twitch was doing less than 50,000 concurrent views. Like nobody was really on Twitch while watching Chess at all. But once they did this partnership, it just propelled it. And so literally in like a few months after striking that partnership, you literally had streamers getting tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of views. There was a grandmaster who had over a million followers just on Twitch. People literally just watching him play, watching him practice. Um, so that was one driver. The other driver was the pandemic, of course. The other driver was Netflix. I don't know if y'all remember, but the Queen's Gamut launched. Uh, I do remember Queen's that. Have seen yeah, it was Queen's big. Gamut? 
I didn't no, see what's it. About? I, remember, I, I know it was trending. It was trending for a long time. I do remember. I didn't watch the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. So the Queen's Gambit is a Netflix series that they put out about this, this young lady um, and her journey about learning chess. Um, and she became really, really good and became a, a champion. And so the Queen's Gambit ended up getting watched by over 62 million homes in the U.S. It was like one of the, the top shows at that time for a very long time. Like it was going crazy. And so obviously that, that helped um, lead to, to the growth. But beyond that, man, I, I just kept looking more into the story. And really the last thing I can nail down to is they just had great execution. I mean, the way the team kind of literally iterated on the product from the time they, they purchased it over the next decade. I mean, it took them quite a long time to get to that growth, but they, they took a really slow methodical approach. I mean, they use a lot of uh, organic growth tactics like SEO, obviously chess.com. So anybody looking anything related to chess, they're going to rank incredibly high. Their ability to engage the community has been uh, a really top driver from them as well. And the last thing, the last metric that I think is really important about them is that they ended the year 2022 doing 100 million in revenue. Cool. Which is crazy. How do they so make money? Only, I guess the revenue is already. That's 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 nice. The deals, yeah, so, right? So yeah, they have they have deals, they have sponsorship deals, they have subscription plans, they um I think they also have some ad products as well. They make they they're pretty diversified in how they make money. Um are they a bootstrap but, business or venture backed? I haven't seen that they raise any money. Uh the guy that actually the guy that purchased them, um he probably put a lot of his own, his own cash into it. He was already making some money from the previous chess businesses that he was running. If they did take some money, probably very little, but I don't believe so. From any research, I think I, I found, I, I didn't see that they took any capital. So that that's impressive. incredibly real one business. So I don't know when we talk a lot about businesses today, we always like hype up the companies as raising at these crazy valuations, but we never highlight those lean businesses that didn't raise no capital doing a hundred million. Like, that's respectable. So yeah, incredibly interesting business. So I wanted to to share that information. No, nah, and it, it and I just went to their website and I think there's there's a lot to just take away from most likely how they were thinking about product. Um, but the number one thing just looking at their website that I'm taking away is they really understand their customer. Like you yeah. can tell they're hyper focused on their customer and nothing more, nothing less. And um I think that's just something like for founders to like take away because sometimes we try to do it all right um, rather than kind of just, you know, focusing. And I think the other thing, too, is um, I recently learned this because uh, I've been doing a, a research uh, a lot more into like SaaS businesses. And traditionally, it takes um, it takes over 400 so days um, or whatever on average to get to like a hundred thousand and in all average, it takes two to three years to get to like a $1 million, like annual recurring, like SaaS business. And I think just going back to what you were saying about like this lean business that they've built with chess.com, like, obviously it took them time to, you know, be able to hit a million dollars and a million users. Now they're doing a hundred million dollars in revenue and a hundred million users. Like, but they, 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 it, it, it seems, and these are just assumptions, but it seems like they managed the business well. They kept costs low. Like they didn't, like their, their cost per, you know, user, it's, it is basically zero because it's SEO. Like, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot that we probably can just learn from studying the business of them. Yeah. Definitely. Totally. Totally agree. Yeah. I, I took away the execution as like one of my biggest takeaways as well. Mm. You can't underestimate the, 
good founder, well, not even good founder, but I mean, good founder, good executive execution. It, it really makes a, a massive difference and, and time, good execution over a long period of time and discipline uh, yields those crazy results. So man, kudos for, to that team. For, for sure. And one thing I would like to add is, you know, when I was thinking about how, you, you know, he already had a chess uh, business and then he said, you know, he bought the, or they bought the chess.com for 55,000. You know, I was like thinking in my mind, like, you know what, there are people that will buy a house and it will be a fixer upper, they'll buy it for 50,000 and then they might you know, fix it up with their own investment and they might come out maybe with 200,000, maybe, maybe, <laughs> you know, but like, you know, like, they might come up with that, but the, the beauty of the internet, uh, the internet is that you know you can invest fifty five thousand, and you look up uh, fifteen years later, and you have a hundred multi hundred million dollar business. I mean, I mean it's a really, mm -hmm. I mean, they, not everybody can do that, but you see the point is is that um, it's it's uh, it's 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 good to think about that stuff. So um, look, actually, if you guys want, if you guys want to talk about um, uh, some of uh, the things that uh, Mark Andreessen said on uh, on Twitter. Yeah, let's get into that. That seemed really interesting. I honestly feel like there's a natural there there's a natural connection be between these two as well because um what I'm I'm gonna let you speak more to it, but sure the connection that the topic of AI that you know Dreesen was hitting on in his post, I think you know we've already had a ton of conversations. AI, in my opinion, is going to lead to a lot of these SaaS like businesses. We're already starting to see it, yeah. so. I'm even, I'm, I'm just glad that, you know, Dre shared this story. Cause I'm like, what can I learn from that as I start to build my SaaS business? And so go ahead, Rod. Yeah, for sure. Can uh, somebody share, uh, cause right now I don't, I don't have the permissions, right? I didn't, I didn't, uh, my security settings yeah. on Chrome is blocking me right now. Uh, but the short story or real quick, the short story is, is that, um, you know, marketing recent started off just saying, look, AI is not going to cause unemployment. And um, essentially what he is is alluding to is that um, there will be a day in which case that will be a conversation, but there's a current problem first that we should talk about. And, it's, and the problem, he describes it as uh, essentially technology is illegal in a lot of the economy. Uh, and what he means by that is, is that if you look at, for example, the, the graph down there, and you see there's blue and red lines, right? And in the blue lines, you see where most of the technology innovations were happening, where, you know, there was not a lot of regulation. There's, there's not a, a lot of laws and, you know, policies around how people should, uh, how businesses should operate. Um, and you see that those prices are going down and becoming more and more affordable. For example, you can buy a 100-inch flat screen TV for maybe $1,200, you know, and if you were to buy just a regular 50 inch TV, it might be $200, $300, right? The point being is that that same technology, you know, for example, when we were growing up, just like, you know, we were maybe 13 years old, dude, a flat screen TV was very, a significant investment and it was unaffordable. And so he's suggesting that when you look at the industries that there's innovation, prices have gone down and they have become more efficient and there are essentially still jobs, um, just newer ones. Now let's look at the red side. The red side is what he is saying. Technology businesses or just technology is illegal. Of course he's being, you know, you know, hyperbolic with the statement, but the point ultimately is that 
in industries that are highly regulated, for example, the medical industry, the education, um, education institutions, things where there are a lot more laws and regulations where, you know, if you're going to start a business, you got to kind of move very, very cautiously because you just don't know what is legal, what's not legal. You have to have a lot of legal, you know, advisory, et cetera. What you see in those uh, red categories is that they're highly affected by inflation, right? And one of the easiest examples to see that is college education, right? Like you can look back just maybe 20 years ago, maybe a little bit sooner, and people will tell you stories about how they were able to pay for their own college just by, for example, working like a a part-time job or a full-time job. And people of our generation who, for example, graduated in like, you know, 2010 and afterwards, maybe even sooner than that, that sounds extremely foreign, you know, just to be able to have a full-time job and also go to school and graduate within a a short period of time with no debt, right? Because most people, as shown by the the huge, you know, uh, multi-trillion dollar, you know, student debt, need to take on debt to fund their education. Um, And so ultimately he's just saying, look, we, before we can even think and talk about unemployment uh, affecting the wider economy, he's saying, look, AI is not even legal in most of the economy. And I understand what he's saying. He's not necessarily saying, hey, a student can't use it or a teacher can't use it or something along the line. He's not saying that. But if you think about like the innovations and the technologies in there, there's a lot more regulation and it's a lot harder to move in there in those in those uh spaces. Uh, so I wanted to just leave the floor open to like, what do you guys think about this? Um, I thought it was very intriguing um, because yes, naturally you think automation, uh, less less jobs, you know. But he points out that at every point in time we thought that there were, were going to be less jobs. For example, in the early 2000s we thought that all our jobs were going to be in uh. uh with people engineering uh, in India or something. Um, in the 2000, you know, early 2010s or whatever, we thought that robots would take all of our jobs. And so there's always some type of narrative where essentially we're about to lose our jobs and it doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily uh, turn out that way. So I, I, I'm curious to see what you guys think. Yeah, what are your thoughts, Dre? Yeah, just what you said, Rania, on the last part is that there's always this narrative. I literally just don't even listen to this because yeah. this is every every new technology that comes out. Yeah, this is the, this is the conversation that always seems to that we always seem to be having. Yeah. Um, and I think history has shown us what happens. Like old jobs will go out of, out out, and new jobs will be reborn. I mean, that's just the reality of the cycle. I mean, if you go back a hundred years ago there are jobs that were around a hundred years ago that are no longer needed today. Exactly. Right. Because of technology, because of innovation. So that's just the reality of it. I, what I do wonder though, and maybe I need to like dig more into it, or maybe he didn't even offer a solution is what sure. does he suggest? What does he suggest we do? Because in some of those regulated industries, is he suggesting we loosen regulation? Because if we loosen regulation, then we, then we might get a bunch of Theranos companies, right? Yes, yes. Diving, diving into medical, at least on the medical side. Yes. I can't remember the other sectors that he had on there. Um, but yeah, I'm just curious, like, what would be, what would be the solution there? And um, 
Dre, yeah, how do we approach the, gov the government with this? It, Dre makes an amazing point. For example, you brought up like the Theranos situation. For uh, even just like a couple of days ago, my my girlfriend showed me that BetterHelp is had had a situation mm. with privacy where they're selling yeah. information, you know, to like Facebook and Snapchat, shit like yep. shit like that. And and so you make a good point. Like these industries are regulated for a reason. You know, they're regulated uh, to protect people to protect their private information there and all types of different things. Right. I think the mm -hmm. original intent is that um, even when, even when I think about some of the medical stuff, as far as science, like they, they limit what you can do. They limit what type of chemicals you can buy all these different things, not because they're trying to block everybody from innovating. They're just simply trying to protect somebody. For example, they don't want um, uh, somebody's mixing some chemicals in this garage and he accidentally creates a bioweapon. Now we got to right. like figure that out, <laughs> you know? So, they're, they're, he has based on what I see, he has suggested a solution. So I guess uh, I will leave it. I I still haven't suggested one. Maybe, uh, but maybe Bradley has some thoughts on it. Or, but I, I see the I see what you're saying. It's like okay, we see that issue, but like there's a reason why some of this stuff is regulated, and it's like we can't just yeah. remove all of the rules. I'm at, I'm actually <laughs> shocked. I'm at, I'm actually shocked that he didn't offer a solution because um, he, he's just pointing out an obvious problem to me. But yeah. <laughs> it is obvious. It is obvious. For him, yeah. for somebody, I don't know. For for somebody of his caliber, I would expect him to at least offer a solution, whether it's wrong, right, and different, or completely off yeah. base. Yeah. I would expect him to like not come to the table with a half baked concept. But I mean, I'm not trying to jump on him. But I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah. that's not like him. That's not like him. Yeah, all, yeah. Respectfully, <laughs> Mark. That doesn't seem like you. Yeah, but, but I'm, say but I'm sure though. he got solutions in his head though that he just put not. They, they probably invested in those solutions yeah. right now, and he ain't talking yeah. about them. He needs to spit it out. He needs to spit it out. He needs to spit it out because they they have hundreds of millions. Actually, they have billions that they're clearly like playing with. Yeah. And so, what what is his plan? I, I don't think he plans to be blocked. So yeah. so maybe he's just bringing it to our attention that that like like. Yeah, okay, the unemployment stuff or whatever, but like, there's something before that. So I don't know. I mean, but maybe it's because he wrote that long ass tweet. Like that's that shit's like like that could be a whole separate article. Maybe he like it's not enough. He can't yeah, put yeah. everything he needs. He in might maybe tweets. he'll follow up. Maybe he'll follow up with another one like a, a solution. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that'd be a terrible tweet. Because he, like, he, like, he like gave <laughs> Y'all, y'all remember when the pandemic hit? He wrote a blog about it's time to build. I think yeah, yeah, I think it's that time to build. Yeah. He gave great solutions. He gave yeah. great solutions there. So he he's known for that. So I don't know. I was thrown off by that. But Brylon, what, what are your what are your thoughts on that? I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna keep it a stack with you. I'm not fully understanding his argument, so I really don't yeah. have a perspective. So yeah. I want I want I want I want to make sure I'm understanding it and get a breakdown of it. And sure, so sure yeah, when I when I, when I look at his argument, right, and he speaks specifically to the economy part, um, and it was it was this part in his tweet. The regulated sectors continuously grow as a percentage of GDP. The less regulated sectors uh, shrink at the limit. 99% of the economy will be regulated non-technological sectors, which is precisely where we're headed. If I'm understanding that the way he's getting there is basically he's equating the economy to the revenue those different sectors would bring in. And he's saying the sectors in which the price is going down, that will lead to less revenue. That's the only way it would be shrinking. 
in, in my understanding, if he's – yeah, I'm trying to follow, follow the logic. I, I understood, understood. I guess what he's saying is that because these things are happening simultaneously, one side is inflation and the other side is lower prices, which ultimately lower prices is better for consumers, which ultimately would at least consumers to be able to spend more money. Like if you're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on medical treatment and you're spending also $250,000 on your education, you can kind of see how you might not have the room to buy mm-hmm. – other consumer products that businesses are putting out there so i think that's what he's trying to get to got you go ahead Drew. yeah I, yeah that, that was kind of my takeaway as well i think he what i got to is like those the um things in the blue he's saying those markets are ultimately going to shrink over time and the markets where ai is uh, illegal from his eyes are growing over time which from as a technologist and as an investor in technology, from his perspective, I, I can see how he has a problem with that because what he's saying is like our basically like he probably feels like the future ca- in so many words. I'm just uh, might be just you know stretching here, but in so many words, the future cash flow or the future you know potential for A16Z is at risk, right? Because oh, yeah. they're investing these sure. these technology in these technologies that mm-hmm. essentially can't go after the biggest portions of the economy, right? Because they're illegal yeah. or regulation then what is he to do as an investor because that's where the bulk of the gdp is going to be made up of whereas yeah. these other mm. sectors are going to be shrinking he's not why would he invest in those areas if those are going down and people aren't spending as much money so it seems like yeah it seems like the incentive for him is to to crack crack these illegal markets for ai so that yeah he definitely he wants to crack future it. returns yeah he definitely wants to crack it he's not going to really reveal his master plan on how he's going to uh, go about that i'm sure he's yeah. talked to gpt about a few different things <laughs> I, i'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna put his his little his little rent in there and i'm gonna just come up with some, some of my own little things just to see what he might be headed to but but uh, like his account uh, need to be his account need to be flagged his, his no, no, uh, chat account. gpt there's no way they're yeah. not watching this account they watching this account Dre. <laughs> unless you put a something something i am naturally <laughs> curious about um yeah so something i am naturally curious about is when we do think about those industries where you know prices have uh drastically decreased because of technology that has traditionally been because competition has been allowed to exist Exactly. Where in the, in those red markets, there's competition really isn't a it's it's a thing, but it's not really it's the thing. thing. You know what I mean? It's and so I'm curious. It's, it's so the reason why I ask this is like I see two different type of market dynamics, right? Where if I'm looking at the economy as like a macro thing, just the U.S. economy, and I'm saying those things in a blue represent different pieces of the economy, those markets resemble more perfect competition. It's like Hey, whatever mm-hmm. solutions or whatever, whatever, laissez-faire, yes. come, come yes. compete. Where yes. it seems like the red markets are more monopolistic, no matter how many more players are in yeah. it, because the monopoly is the government. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Am yes. I understanding yes. that correct? Yes. 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 Okay. And I, and I think from his view, I, I think from his view, the way that you kind of disrupt those markets is through technology right which is why i think yeah. he emphasized like that ai is illegal right because right now even in those industries a lot of those industries from a pricing standpoint are pretty similar i mean there are there are some variations to it but like medical services are generally high across the board right like just, they, they set the price they all set the it, price. Yeah. They all set the price. Like that's pretty consistent, right? Like childcare is is expensive no matter where you go. It's obviously relative to where you live, but it's expensive. So I think technology 
technology, historically, technology has always been a, a great way in order to drive down costs for consumers and also yeah. to bring more option. Uh, yes. And so I think that's why he might be emphasizing that's why it's illegal. And he's incentivized to help crack that. Right? So, so, it, but, but, but hold up, but hold up, hold up, hold up. Okay, go ahead, Brian. Go ahead, Brian. I got something to say, as, too. I got something to say, too. As, as I start to get more understanding of this. Right. But uh, so essentially with if I'm if I'm understanding this correctly, because these spaces are, quote unquote, illegal and, you know, just basically controlled by the government, mm -hmm. essentially. AI not being able to penetrate those fields, it doesn't necessarily lead to unemployment because it's not driving down costs, which the major costs that would it would be driving down is, I'm assuming, the labor costs. So, so not exactly, but I see what you're saying. He's not specifically saying just AI. He's saying AI is like, he's starting with, he, he's saying the original argument why AI was going to cause unemployment is false. The premise is false because the technology just period, not just AI, just period is already not allowed to innovate in those spaces. So he's not really boiling it down specifically to AI. He's just using that as an example of saying this is a technology that like if AI, like, yeah, you, you think AI is going to be able to display stuff, but like we've been had technology that could innovate in these markets. So AI is not going to do nothing. Mm. Mm. So, so let me ask y'all, let me get y'all perspective. Sure, go so ahead. do you do you agree or disagree <laughs> with with his statement? Do you think okay? It so will, look, think think about what actually. Do you do you think it will lead to mass unemployment, or do you think it will not? He he believes that it will. He's just saying first, first this is what we got to talk about. He's 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 not against that because even when you look at if you just read down his tweet, he does to kind of allude to the fact that there will be a time when he talks about. AI potentially affecting employment, but first, technology. This is the barrier. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's like we can't even get to that conversation now. Mm. I'm also with Dre in the sense of like I don't even think that it it, it really fully will affect unemployment. And I think more so what happens is that typically there's an adaptation. Period. Every single revolution, there's an adaptation. People don't just die when new, when the new shit happens. Like, like, but, like, that's not what happens. But like, think about this, Rodney. But think about listen, this, Rodney. Yeah, in, listen, in, in, yeah. Traditionally, in history, we've never experienced the speed of, like, adoption in, of, of, like, these new AI innovations. And yeah. so that adoption period has been way longer to where the government, communities, et cetera, can get these you, programs in place to, you know, help guide I, I, these people. I, I, got so, I got something for you, though. That's how every revolution was, though. Like, yeah. like, 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 it is faster objectively, but every revolution was fast for that time. Like, like, yeah. like, mm. when the industrial Even revolution came around, it was like, yo, like, this shit moving. Like, I'm sure they would stop thinking that, like, that it was agriculture was going to be like, like, they was probably like, hold on, like, like, what, what we gonna do? <laughs> like, like, so I, like, at every stage. So yes, it, it object. If you want to say objectively, is this next revolution going to be very fast? Oh, it's going to be fast as hell. Like, I don't even think people can even imagine, like, even me, like, it's going to be ridiculously fast. Um, but, like, that's no different than every revolution. You see what I'm saying? So, like, mm -hmm. um, uh, in, the in, the, in the bigger picture, at least. But uh, it is something yeah. to say that we will see more of the effects because of social media. Like, it will be more clear how, how it affects people because we'll be seeing, we'll be seeing people talk. <laughs> we'll be seeing, like, maybe in the past when this stuff was happening, 
you know, you didn't see it from like a bird's eye, you know, like yeah. well, we had an opportunity to see a revolution happen, but bird's eye, see what people are talking about. Right. So. Yeah, I, I do. I do think that this technology though is so transformational that I think it's hard. It's, I think it's really hard to, to understand how it's going to shake up things because I, I do think this is one technology that kind of cuts it, it's it's the one technology in addition to like the computer right yeah. i mean there's been other technologies yeah. as well but yeah. one technology that can clearly cut across any industry mm-hmm. meaning that you can apply this it's a general purpose technology in a way yes. it can be applied to any business problem yeah and when it can be applied to any business problem i think it's it's hard to like understand that transformation but you know, back back to Ronnie's point, I think everything looks like it, it it takes that time. Like I was even reading something or I was listening to something. Well, it was the Zero to One book by Peter Till, actually, on my mm-hmm. flight. And um, he mentioned that in 1950, like it was in the 1950s, the highway, the National Highway Act was signed into into law. Oh. And you think about think about this. That was yeah. not long ago. That was not you think about. Ago today yeah. like how ubiquitous highways are but it took a, it took a, i mean it, it wasn't that it long, long, time. long ago yeah it took it took some time and it but it seemed like it was like really really fast but and like, we couldn't imagine it we couldn't even imagine that happening right now a highway like built like no nah, that's, that's something that our generation can't even think of so but we have so th- this, this is where we started doing that this is where i gotta play devil's advocate all right and the reason why i'm playing <laughs> devil's advocate is I I I th- I think it, I think that mass employment. I get what he's saying, but yeah. I think I think it, I actually I actually I think his argument is very is is very good for like a high level perspective of, in, of zooming out. Because say for example, if we zoom in, for example, and focus on just like tech companies, which sure. have been you know obviously laying off a lot of em- employees. I'm, I'm sure if we compared unemployment for the tech industry to all these other, you know, areas of, of the economy, tech would probably be up there with the number one, most unemployed, like sure. in, in there. And so with that being, with that being said, like, I do want to acknowledge my bias towards this thinking of, I think technology companies that are laying people off right now, mm-hmm. they are definitely thinking about rather oh. if it's from a consumer oh, sure. standpoint of, okay. Hey, I can have an AI product, but like, how can I get an AI to work for me? No, I'm sure companies that. are thinking about that. No, no, no you course. are. I, no, I, I, I think about saying. that in my company. So yeah. But that's what I'm saying. But but no. this this leads me to my <laughs> argument though. My argument is I think that's going to lead to mass employment uh, 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 way faster no. than we. Me, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, go ahead. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Go ahead. The re- no, the reason the reason the reason why I'm saying that is if people are already being let off, right? Yeah, like the and and now you're incentivizing these companies to you know leverage this technology to obviously capitalize on these operational efficiencies. There's no incentive to bring the human back. There's no incentive to train the human. Like, like and and so I think it's going to be a lot more difficult. I on like in in the way I the way the way I think about bro, it is if if our target, bro, me, if, go ahead, bro. Let me get it on this. Let me get on this. I'm sorry. Look, look, so look, check this out. <laughs> <laughs> if, Go if, ahead. if I, as a business owner, am able to replace humans, for example, if Uber, like if we if we project to that level of of AI and robots, where their Uber is able to replace the person, and they're like, you press the button, and just a straight automatic car pulls up, and that's ubiquitous. Just imagine what the general person will be able to do 
like by themselves. You're, it's almost like you're describing the world as if only those companies will have the technology. They will have it and they will be more efficient mm. and they will lay off more people, but people will have tools as well. And they're, so they're not going to just sit back. That's like, that's like somebody in fire. So you're saying more gonna, people are going to leverage the tools themselves. Exactly. It's more, exactly. People. Mm. I, think, I, I yes. think they already are. Another job. Like, like, yeah, I think they already are. I have a friend of mine actually who was not connected to, not connected to technology at all. Like furthest mm-hmm. from it. She lives in Michigan and lives in Detroit. <laughs> far far yeah, away from tech as possible. <laughs> yeah. Bro, you, we posted our, the AI podcast, the one thing, the, the chat GPT thing. She literally DM me and was like, I use, I use that every day. Shouts to her. She says she her. uses it every single day. And she works in like, cr- like criminal justice or something. She's uh, not, again, far from tech. She's yeah. on the criminal justice side. And so she, yeah. people are already arming themselves. I was just at a bar in LA yes. and, the, and the guy was sitting there. It was a guy at the bar. Apparently he knew the, the bartender, but he asked the bartender. He was like, hey, have you ever, have you used any of these like generative AI tools like chat GPT? He was like, no, nah. he was like, I never, what is that? And he started describing it to him, like everything he could do. He was like, man, that's wild. Like, yeah, never crazy. heard of yeah. it. He, he literally putting them on right there. I'm just watching it, observing and yes. listening to it. So in real life. I can say definitively, people are already being armed with these tools. And they're starting to use it in ways that, yes. that I mean, probably a lot of companies but, didn't anticipate. But hold up. Once again, like okay. this, this, right. we got to get back to employment. <laughs> employment means oh. you are making money, money to, make, to, to have a lead. So we're saying more people are going to be self-employed because of yes, these tools. I do, I do, I do believe that and new jobs. I do believe there'll the be way, more self-employment and new jobs. Yes, mm. the, but that's the history. But that's the history of employment too. Go back and look at the beginning of history. People were not always working for other people. People owned stuff. People owned farms. People owned their own business. People traded stuff. Like people had villages. You go back to even tribal times. People sold and bought and bartered and traded shit. This this ideal of working nine to five for a corporation oh, is a is a is a modern idea. This is this okay. is a modern part of society. This is not this is not the way it's always been. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So yeah, nine to five structure. <laughs> yeah, this nine to five structure is new, right? Yeah. And new and relative in terms of the last hundred years. Yeah. And if you think about how long society has been here, it hasn't been that long. So I understand from our modern mindset, it's like all oh, this unemployment. But we're just going back to the ways that it's always been when people have been able to be self-sustaining and generate cash for them, sort of themselves, whether it was through farming or it looks like in the future it's going to be through, hey, I can do a deck for you. You know, I can generate an AI deck. I can do a bunch of stuff for you using my tools that I have that maybe you don't have the time to do. So I just yeah. think it's, it's going back to that, that time. But that's I, the I history think, of uh, in work, I think. I, I would say that, too. I think, I think Brian, I think what you're kind of just – I think what you're really just suggesting is that the employment is going to be look vastly different. Cause there's just yes, no way, yes. like, 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 yeah, like, yeah, okay, okay, cause it, like, cause it's just not gonna be, like, cause even for example, like, if 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 fifty percent of people just lost their jobs tomorrow, <laughs> everybody about, not about to sit on the couch and be like, oh yeah, I'm about to go on Google and figure out like what, like everybody about to go on Google and try to figure out what to do next, and they may not like mm. people will like you know like it's, it, it, it you know and and like Dre said, people are being armed, which like chat GPT is one of the first tools for people to arm themselves for the future um uh but people and people are already being armed on it they're using it for their own general cases you know like dre said like his friend uses it uh uh, every single day you know uh she's in criminal justice you know we know people and across multiple industries i know that multiple industries are having you know internal conversations and all these different things like 
yo, everybody is trying to use it to their advantage. And so, with that being said, if it's if the world was different though, like what I will say, if people are not ready though, it will be a shock because I'm not gonna lie. I remember I was in the Uber one day, right? And I was just like, I, I usually I, at this time I was taking Uber just every day to work. Uh, but I guess this Uber drive was different, and and we were talking a little bit more. And I remember, um, you know, this might have been like 2021 or something. And I remember the Uber driver just being like, yeah, you know. Uh, uh, and by the way, I never tell anybody I'm in tech. I just have conversations. I just, I, I, I don't like to just reveal that I'm in tech because, you know, it could be left or right. You know what I'm saying? Um, but um, I just keep it neutral. And, uh, and, and this guy was like, he was like, Uber, he's like, you know, Uber, you know, because he, he appreciated Uber because they give him. Yes, he's self-employed. Uber gave him the, that. That wasn't a tool before. Before, you know, taxes were highly regulated. Nobody else could do it. Uber got broke through that, you know. And so now the everyday person, if they need the hustle and they have a car, they can go on Uber, use it as a tool to make money, right? Now he was like, you know, Uber has been great to me. Uh, you know, they they think about us. He was like, you know, I heard some rumors about them. You know, getting rid of us, but I don't see they they won't they wouldn't do that. They wouldn't do that. I just remember sitting back like, damn man. <laughs> I remember sitting back. I just say shit. I was like, uh, a little does he know. There's a rumor. There's a product pro- product it's manager. Not a rumor. Like there's a product manager like me in a room. Like, yeah. how do we get rid yeah. of these niggas? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not a little does he know. It's not a rumor. <laughs> no. It's not. It's, it's 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 what's happening, and it's it's mm. and what I could tell was for him it was a hope. See, he was not thinking about it fully as a company and maybe because he just didn't have the time to he's working or he's not just business oriented but mm. if you are a business oriented person and you see that you that you hop in an uber and it's a human person driving it and you know that comes with different like this human error one uh human conflict between the per- person a and the person who ordered the the ride you know um uh, then also insurance on a human as opposed to just insurance on a car. Plus, you gotta you know, pay them. Plus, you yeah. Plus, you gotta pay them. And and every time you don't pay them when they w- w- work, they stop working for you. So so you it's a different like. Of course, the businesses are gonna be like, all right, we'll give you some cheese right now to keep y'all good. But the long term, we looking at these automated vehicles that we're testing here and there. Every time I'm in LA, I be in LA. I'll be just last night. I was in LA driving. I don't. I saw a car with the little what you call the little laser at the top. I'm like, do people not see those? <laughs> like, mm. like, 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 it's it's not just yeah. doing that for no reason. Like, like, it's scanning the environment. It's getting information. It's getting coordinates. That shit is is in preparation for the future that we have. You may that if people don't see that now, that's cool. But just so put it so out there. so, what can people do to prepare for do? this? <laughs> Self-employed <laughs> world that we're going Bro. towards. Get on ChatGPT Simple. first thing. <laughs> That's how, that, was, that was literally what I was about to say. Just go to ChatGPT. Just That's what it's for. <laughs> Just learn how to ask a few questions and you'll be straight. You 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 may not you may not be perfectly straight, but you'll be directionally right, and that's all you need. That's all you need. Just be in the right direction. You don't got to be an expert at ChatGPT. You don't got to have a perfect prompt. You know, um, uh, yeah. Just 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 be wherever the smartest people are at that's what i learned about life like look i like look we're the smartest people where they congregating let me get close to them they not about to loot like 
They gonna stay on the winning when, side. When, when, yeah, when he say smart, he talking about the niggas with money. Where the money going? <laughs> Where the money going? I'm talking about yeah. yeah. Like, follow money, the money. Yeah, follow the money, and then also like for example, you see ChatGPT is hot. Brian shared a site with me the other day. It's called Less Wrong, and he was describing to me about how a lot of those people, the AI researchers and all these things. I'm like, why well, need to stay on this site? Hey, you've been going down a rabbit hole, bro. I've been on rabbit holes on that site, and I don't understand nothing they're saying, but I we, know I need to be. We're gonna site. have to. We're gonna have to do a whole. We're gonna have to do a whole episode dedicated to, sh- to dropping some of our resources that we have because I think oh, that, yeah, sure, that that's sure. incredibly valuable. That yeah, that we, but. Switching gears real quick, because I know we, we almost had time. I got to sure, run soon. Sure. F- speaking of following the money, I got an idea that I want to um, that I want to talk about. Yeah. I, I might make this a regular thing, because I always be having ideas, but yeah. I just don't have enough time to go after everything. Got you. But, but this one in particular was very interesting to me. And I'm like, this is so low-hanging and so quick. And just like, yeah. all it requires is somebody with some hustle, and you can, you can run, really run it up with this. I'm about yeah. to really drop it. Okay. So what? First off, when, when's the last time either of y'all purchased a car? Have, have any of y'all purchased a car recently? I haven't bought a car, no. I haven't done it since Rob, college. Yeah, since college. Okay. Same, same for me. I haven't done it since college either. But what I do remember about that process is that it was annoying as hell. It required it a ton annoying. of research. Yes. Like, I didn't know who to trust. I didn't know nothing about cars, to be honest. Um, That's crazy. Like, like, the mechanic, like the mechanics of the car. The girl just got um, the car. Yeah, same process. It, Low process. Yeah. People don't know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody so knows they're doing. Process. And, and, okay, go ahead. And if you don't know, like, if you aren't really knowledgeable about a car, like, you may, like, be able to identify sure. a car, but, hey, oh, that's sure. an Audi. That's a Benz. That's... But, yeah. hey, yeah. can you lift up the hood and be like, what's, what's going on under here? Like, no. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to do that. Right. So, I recently... Um, I'm I'm really into cars. I got considered myself to be somewhat of a, a car enthusiast now. But yeah. so I, I recently discovered this guy on YouTube. Um, I think his name is his name is Forrest. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm gonna drop I'm gonna drop the link in the um in the chat real quick. Okay, cool, cool. Rylan, you can share one of his videos. So this guy used to be a car salesman. Hold on, how do I how do I drop this chat? Hold on, let me see. It's in the bottom right by people. I see. Okay, right. I got it. So this guy used to be a car salesman. And he started posting infl- like uh, videos on social media like YouTube, TikTok, Instagram about six years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was reviewing cars. So he would he used to be a car oh. salesman. So he would he would actually like record a video of him like, hey, this is a 2005 Toyota Honda. Like back in the day, right? Yeah. Consistently, he's been doing that for six years. And yeah. I was like, recently, this is one of his newest videos. So play play this video. It's I watch the videos all the time. You can just play like a couple seconds of it. And this what? thing may be better okay. than any Mercedes. So your top line is actually 100% crystal. Your main. Hey, hold up. This, this, I see you already. He, he basically doing the walk yeah. around of the car. Bro, yeah. in, in, in one minute, like he is not that. your grandfather's car salesman. Like yeah. he, he just completely flipped the game on his head on how he reviews yeah. cars. And when he started changing from doing long form, 15 minute videos talking about yeah. cars to one, one minute. minute, 30 second clips went crazy. So just give us yeah. some, give some numbers. He just started posting videos on TikTok in 2020. Yeah. Right now he has over 7 million followers on TikTok wow. and YouTube combined over six, over 6 million just on TikTok. Over 200 million likes on TikTok. This guy's videos get millions of views for a car review. For a 60-second wow. car review, he getting millions of views. He so what do I see? Sales game. 
change the sales game. But here's the problem that I see. Here's the opportunity for whoever's out there want to hustle because I just don't have time. I got a lot of stuff going on. I so I ain't got the time. But I'm about, <laughs> to drop the, I'm about to drop the gym for whoever want to pick up the bag real quick. All right. Forrest is under monetized. He is not yeah. monetizing his audience in the best way that he could be. Yes. And I think there is a massive, massive, massive arbitrage opportunity right on the table with Forrest. So I saw a video recently that he posted about maybe two and a half, three weeks ago, he had just got his first sponsorship. His first sponsorship. Mind you, this guy already got millions of followers, and he just now getting his first sponsorship. And it was an energy company, energy drink company. And I'm like, wait, what? An energy drink company? How is that even like super correlated to, to vehicles anyway? But he only has one sponsorship. And so I'm like, wait a minute. There's an easy opportunity for somebody to easily hustle and just connect this guy with sponsorships from car companies because he clearly knows, like, he, he sells himself. Oh, like, his I product, see. his video I product see. sells itself. Like, I anybody see. would see oh, his product man, and, and, and put on that and just con- and just make the connection. And so what I would do is I would go and I would help for secure some, long con- some long-term contract with car and truck adjacent brands plus some lifestyle brands. Um, and I also think I would help him launch like a, a, a search, a, a car search and discovery service, yeah. like a, a car search and discovery service. Cause I think Forrest can act as like a broker and, and take a kickback from selling cars because think about it, he's building reputation and credibility. So think about it. If I want to buy a car, I'll just go to Forrest and be like, yo, Forrest, I, I need a car. I don't need a, yeah. I need a 2020 Tesla with less than 50,000 miles. Find it for me. Right. Uh, and I would be willing to pay Forrest a little fee for that. Yeah. Look, I think there's so I think there's so many ideas, but look, if you if you out discovering there discovering cars hustle, faster, easier, discovering cars. But I would simply start the biggest opportunity. I think somebody can make ten thousand dollars in the next thirty days. No, no BS. If oh, they just crazy. like grind at this, yeah. found sponsorships. You got an influencer that has millions of people who are watching his videos weekly across multiple platforms. He got hella engagement. There's obviously sponsors out there that would pay him a ton of money to put their product in front of his audience. And he just don't have the time. I get it. He's working on the content. And so he needs a team. And so I would just yeah. do it. I wouldn't even reach out. I would, here's how I would do it. Because some people don't know what to do. So I'm going to tell you exactly what to do. Don't reach out to him. You don't even need to. It's a waste of a conversation. Bring him the deal. Go get the deal and bring in the deal first. I wouldn't even reach out to him. When you reach out to him, you're reaching out to him with a deal on the table. And yeah. I guarantee you he's going to respond. Don't hit him up and talk about what you can do for him. Yeah. Don't do that shit. Go get the deal. Then hit him up. It'll make it'll make it'll it'll just make it much it'll just make it really easy. Make that connect, get your bread, and keep on moving. Yeah. That's what I would do. Yeah, I got I got I got I got to go down this rabbit hole because his content seems very. I, it's, it's nice. It sounds nice. He it's very good. nice, man. It's he very nice. Like good it, al- it almost reminds me of like, do y'all watch um those like luxury home videos on like YouTube? I think I his name before. is Ennis. Yeah, it's similar. It almost seems similar to what he does, where like Ennis is being is is he, Ennis basically makes his money as lead gen for these realtors. Yep, uh, exactly. Yeah, eat, bro, Brylan, Brylan. The bag is right there, bro. This is so easy. <laughs> it's so easy and obvious. It's like it's crazy. It's it's right there. It's obviously right there. We all know. It's yeah, right there. yeah, it's yeah. Right I there. see that's it. Okay. Well, that's a good way to. Uh, that, that's a good one. That's a good one to drop right uh, at the end, man. Uh, yeah. Well, right, let's wrap it up, though. Well, yeah. Twentieth episode. Yeah, this was a good one.